This is a Music Therapy Chronicles podcast episode with Julianne Hartley. You know, I think like as music therapists, we tend to work with kids or whoever, right? Once they failed all others, oh, right? So true. I'm sorry. Say that again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we're like, we tend to be the last option, the last resort, you know, like we're not necessarily always covered by insurance. We're like, it's like, we are one of those people. It's like once all these other things have failed, they end up on our door. And, you know, I've worked with so many kids that have been in, you know, psychiatric treatments for years, their whole lives. And then within three months of working with me, and it's not me, it's it's the tools that we collectively have. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like the music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Kayati. I'm your weekly host and a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and consider leaving us a rating and review. We really appreciate them. You can find more podcast episodes, links to our pod courses, the self-care community, links to all of our social media, and get on our monthly newsletter all at musictherapychronicles.com. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show today. And you can always reach me by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Today we have my conversation with Julianne Hartley, also known as Miss Julianne. Uh, in the kids' music space, you've probably heard her music before or maybe heard her on the Music for Kiddos podcast. Today is actually um, her second time on the podcast. Julianne was on episode, I think, 51 and 52 of um, of the Music Therapy Chronicles. So that was a couple years ago. It was great to reconnect, hear about all the amazing things she's been doing. She's also a wonderful advocate um, about her experience with chronic illness and specifically Lyme disease, how that's impacted her life and her practice and how she's channeling her creative energy into creating amazing kids' resources. So we talk all about that kind of stuff today. There will be lots of stuff in the show notes for you to check out. It was really great to connect with Julianne again, and I hope you get a lot out of this episode. As always, Please find Music Therapy Chronicles on social media. If you're not already following us, hop on our newsletter at musictherapychronicles.com. And if you're not subscribed to the show, please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes um, because there's more coming down the pipeline. All right, let's get into this conversation with Julianne. All right, Julianne, welcome back 
to the Music Therapy Chronicles. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Um, I have to say, I started out my morning with an acorn banana bread um, or slice of acorn banana bread, and it was fantastic. So I think no matter what happens today, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. And it's um, unseasonably warm here yeah. in England, which yeah. I am loving. So <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a love-hate kind of thing. <laughs> True. It's like a tease. Mm-hmm. You know, I love getting cozy. Like I am one of those people who really thrives in that fall winter atmosphere where I can get cozy by the wood stove and just kind of like hibernate in and, and develop some of my projects. Um and yeah. so like, I'm, I'm a little bit sad that I haven't been able to have a wood stove day yet, you know, gotcha. Do my right, yoga well, by the wood stove. I can, I feel that too. I love living in a place where the seasons change. And so like our energy can change with them. I really value yeah. that. Um, yeah. so that yeah, being said, I, like, I'm going to have a great time hanging outside today. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Opening the windows, letting all the air into the house. Yes. Good stuff. Getting that like last vitamin D, you know, if, I don't know if you have any privacy in your backyard, but you know, getting, getting some skin, sun yes. skin action, extra vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So you were on the podcast episodes 51 and 52, which is like crazy. Cause now we are almost at episodes. We're almost at episode 200. So wow. it's been, look at you. I find memory serves me correctly. The last time we talked was like the weekend that the pandemic yeah. really hit yeah. the United we States. We had no idea what was going to happen. Right. We were like, there's a thing happening. We don't really know. It's a Saturday morning. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it was like March, 2020. It was that. Yes. Wow. So wow. This is a big ask, but can you tell people like, it doesn't have to be pandemic related, but what have you been up to since the last time? Uh, oh my gosh. Got to hear from you. So much. Yeah. I, so like, you know, I should say, you know, 80% of what I do with my time and my day at this point, or like, you know, since I've seen you is like my recovery journey from Lyme disease and just having a really bad neurological infection and, you know, that whole nine yards. So, you know, my day-to-day has really kind of been like in the trenches and lots of physical, so much physical therapy, unbelievable amounts of physical therapy, like literally relearning, muscle patterns and growth and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, I got to a point in the last few years where I was like really bed bound. I couldn't, um, it had infected my heart. And so I couldn't like stand or sit up without severe dizziness and, um, really like tachycardia, like heart issues, right? Like I was going in and out of the ER because we thought I was having a heart attack. Um, And it was the infection in my heart. So it was really like, I have been in some funky places (laughs) in the last two years. Um, But since I've seen you, this like absolute miracle kind of happened for me. Um, And it's interesting the way the world works. You know, I, I know there's a lot of people out there who have been through you know, severe chronic health issues or whatever. And sometimes these kind of miracles happen. And I feel like I've had, I don't know if I'm a cat that's had nine lives or something, but I feel like I've had my fair share of miracles. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm also just like, how many more miracles do I get? (laughs) You know? Um, but yeah, so this, what ended up happening was I, my husband and I, we had a wedding, um, 
and uh, a distant family member came to the wedding um, kind of unannounced and uninvited. I mean, they were, they were totally welcome to come, but they were so distant. I wouldn't have even like thought to necessarily invite them. They ended up coming to the wedding. They saw my health condition. So through, you know, people imagine like their wedding day and what, what it's going to be, you know, my wedding day was being in bed until 2 PM because I, I didn't have the energy to do more than to stand for the ceremony or, or sit up for, you know, like it, I had to reserve every last little bit I had to stand or sit for that ceremony. Um, and, you know, rushing through, uh, a hack job of makeup and hair, you know, the 20 minutes before we start. And, um, and, you know, like that, that's where I was on, on my wedding day. And this distant family member saw that, saw where I was and had the financial means to send me to a private hospital that specializes in treatment, treating Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they, you know, two weeks later, I was on a plane to Mexico where there's this research hospital that is um, doing research on something called hyperthermia which is this treatment where they're, they're literally like baking the Lyme bacteria out of your body. Mm. Um, so they heated my body up to 108 degrees for four hours. Like I was literally like in this oven, you know, I was obviously out for this. I was, yeah, I was not, I was not, I was not conscious for this. Like there, you know, there's a point where that heat, when your body hits like 102 degrees, where it's just all out fight or flight, get me out of here. Um, so they definitely knock you out for that experience, but yeah. they, they baked, they literally baked the bacteria out of me. Um, and it worked. Like I woke up from that with a different brain, my brain, you would think it'd be a fried brain, <laughs> but, um, they make sure your brain doesn't get past one Oh seven. So the Lyme bacteria survived to like one Oh five point six, And so you know, they make sure your brain, margin. yes, the close margin. So they get you right above that, hang, let you hang out there for a little bit, um, and then bring you back down. But yeah, so I woke up from that with a brain that worked again, um, wow. like night and day difference. And I'm still dealing with the physical impacts that Lyme disease had on my body. Like I'm still disabled. I'm, you know, like I live my day every day as a disabled woman, trying to navigate a planet that was not designed for me um, Mm. and where my abilities are right now, um, doing the best that I can, but um, I am healing slowly, slowly, but surely. And there are some things that may never heal, right? There was some pretty significant nerve damage done to my visual processing. So I can't drive, um, which, you know, living in a rural area, (laughs) without public transportation is really tricky. Um, yeah. So that's been kind of like the health side of, of my world is kind of picking up the pieces after Lyme disease, putting my body back together the best that I can, and also accepting the ways that I can't necessarily force my body back together and just kind of, nobody wants to say embracing yet, but, um, learning to live with it, right. Learning to still find joy in all those other ways that I can. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's the health side of what I've been doing. And then from the music therapy side, um, I've been working really hard on a few different projects. 
one of which is the Halloween Parade book that I put out with Gina Faragami over at Music for Kid, uh, sorry, not Music for Kiddos, um, although I love, love Stephanie with all my heart, um, Music with Gina, if anyone follows her. So I helped her illustrate one of her kids' songs, um, the Halloween Parade, which I highly recommend for anyone's, if you work with little kids. Um, and then from, so we can talk about that a little bit if you want, but then from the, you know, my music side, I've been working really hard on something called The Resilient Child. And it's this Ooh. album I'm putting together that really um, hyper-focuses on helping children develop those resilient skills they're going to need if they face a challenge in life that really tries them, right, is, is testing to their core. And a lot of that is just kind of based off of my obviously like very near death experiences I've been going through in the last few years and um, trying to prepare children as much as possible to potentially be put in situations like that and to make it through alive. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of that kind of based off of my work in New Hampshire and our foster care system, working with kids who've been through some pretty severe trauma and, and abuse. And I think, um, yeah, this, this resilient child project, which I'm just so excited to share with the world, uh, is really like, a a combination of that, like life experience that I had combined with working with those kids and just trying to help end the intergenerational traumas that are, you know, kind of carrying on with us all. Mm. So Yeah. That was a lot. Thank you for letting me just feel there. Always. Uh, yeah. That's what the, the podcast is here for. Uh, Cause it's your episode. I, I love that. I obviously hear a lot about what people are creating and what they're putting out to the world. And uh, first of all, I love that you're taking your unique experience and perspective and like tying that into your work as a music therapist, creating this amazing resource. And it sounds like unlike anything I've heard of so far, because there's a lot of great stuff about, um, you know, especially for kids for um, self-regulating and calming and working on like proprioception or social cues. Like there's a lot of that, which is also really, really important, but this sounds like a whole other level where it's like, where we're exploring just beyond um, the surface level or what maybe kids hopefully fingers crossed are getting like in school, like this is for when, um, those tools might not be working and you need the next step. Yeah. I love that. You know, I think like as music therapists, we tend to work with kids or whoever, right. Once they failed all others. Oh, right. So true. I'm sorry. Say that again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we're like, we tend to be the last option, the last resort you know, like we're not necessarily always covered by insurance. We're like, it's like, we are one of those people. It's like, once all these other things have failed, they end up on our door. And, you know, I've worked with so many kids that have been in, you know, psychiatric treatments for years, their whole lives. And then within three months of working with me, and it's not me, it's, it's the tools that we collectively have. Um, and they're a whole new child right? And it's like, how can we take this and make it apply to a larger population, right? Mm -hmm. So this has been kind of like, as I was getting ill, 
you know, at, at the height of what I was doing as a music therapist, I was probably seeing 200 people a week between all the groups and all the individuals. And, you know, I was able to have a big impact, but that was still only 200 people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, oh, you know, and, and it's the same people time after time after time. So me, that's 200 people in a year that I'm helping. And that's a lot. And that's incredible. We have to really like honor that. Um, but as I was getting sick, like I couldn't see those 200 people. I couldn't work with those 200 people. How was I still going to have an impact? Um, and by putting out content that other therapists could use, that teachers could use, that parents could use, I, you know, I thought I was going to maybe have an impact on a couple thousand people or just, just maybe even just those same 200 families, but now they can continue after I can stop working. Um, but what ended up happening was it spread like wildfire, right? Like people recognize that that was content that uh, was engaging their children, but also could work on all of these different skills and was adaptable. And, um, and that's not, that wasn't even, those songs are just like kids. They're not even necessarily like in the weeds of let's build resilience skills. Those are just some really kind of basic kids songs. So I'm excited to see what taking some of those same music therapy approaches are that making music really engaging for kids and now applying that to not just speech goals and motor goals, but resilience goals. Right. Um, and seeing what could happen with that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Can you imagine if like wildfire instead of a dino, you know, right now, like my dinosaur song is like, you know, it's playing in Turkey or it's playing in, in New Zealand, right? Like that, my dinosaur song got so big, but what if, what if it was a song about identifying your support system? Mm. Ooh. <laughs> this, so I work with um, a lot of kids who have mental health and emotional support needs. So a little different setting than yours, but similar, similar yeah. needs. And gosh, let me formulate my thought here. Yeah. There was a kid once who said to me, you know, I'm an adult in a kid's body. Mm -hmm. They are dealing with Mm -hmm. adult grade experiences. Like they have life experience and the options for say, this kid was in elementary school at the time. Mm -hmm. So see like the options for him are like wheels on the bus or he listens to what the older kids in his life so siblings cousins whatever yeah. are listening to which is um and I know this is a hot topic but is inappropriate music in yeah 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 so they're yeah. like you know they they like want this adult stuff because that's what their life experience right. is but then the right. music that is adult for them is like right. not quite probably helping them process yes. those yes. adult experiences yes so yeah like or it's just like creating, not quite the right level right or it's just like not not the topic that needs to, or not the yeah. way that that topic should be addressed but the feelings um, are there right like they yes. they see those those dark feelings and they're feeling that it's like they don't want you to like positivity wash those feelings that they have Yes. And I think like that, you know, this is something I experienced so much within me going through my chronic health issues is people being like, oh, just think positive, just think positive or whatever. And it's just like, guys, 
my limbs are on fire, yeah. on fire. My brain is working as hard as it can to trick me into doing anything I can to turn this pain off, including, mm-hmm. you know, hurting myself. And that is not a place where you can just say, okay, let's just think positive here. Let's just sprinkle some positivity on top of it. Like what got me through that was, you know, you know, there was like a a phrase I would sing to myself. I did a lot of improv music therapy for myself through this. And I sang this phrase over and over. It was like, the only way out is through, Mm. right? Like stepping into that pain and just letting myself walk through that pain, be present with that pain, say hello to that pain, not ignore it, but just really use that pain as an energy source for art, right? Mm -hmm. Art and music. Um, And kids need the same. We can't like positivity wash those feelings of darkness that they experience in challenge and in trauma and in abuse. So I mean, and I should say, you know, the resilient child album, some of the songs are definitely, I think, start to get into those, those feelings of some of that, that darker places without going too far, far in there. And overall, it still kind of has a bit of a positive, but you know, there are lines in it that really acknowledges like, this is a time I'm feeling really blue. I'm feeling really upset. I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really lonely. And then these are the steps I'm going to take to help me walk through that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, these kids really need that music. Yeah. Um, And good on you for being so vulnerable as a musician to put that out there, but also saying like, this is for kids. And like, it, it doesn't look like what you've seen for kids, uh, but it's yeah. what, oh, it's what I'm seeing really different. as a clinician. It's what I'm seeing that they need. And yeah. I, I'm thinking of one high schooler I have in particular and, you know, doing some of that reflection, Hey, you, your body looks busy today. You look mm-hmm. a little upset. You look anxious. Always no, I'm happy in the green zone. And then hmm. like, we'll have an outburst. Yeah. Complete outburst, happy in the green zone. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation just a couple of weeks ago where I was, he said, you know, how are you? We went back and forth. I said, you know, I was a little, I was a little yellow, a little anxious today, yeah, but now yeah. like I'm feeling okay. He goes, no, no, no. You can't be in the yellow zone. You can only be in the green zone. No. Oh. Right. Ooh. So there's that positivity. Yes. Like that's, that's what he's been taught. And that's what he feels is true. And he's in high school. So what mm-hmm. if the, the resources that you're creating were available for him in elementary school? Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And I think, um, as a culture, we, we reward positivity. We love yes. smiles. Oh, we yeah. love smiles. Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, we really run away from depression and anxiety and, uh, tough feelings. We totally run away from it. And part of it is a survival strategy. Like I think yes. so many of us are just surviving at the idea of like dealing with someone else's bad day is, or trauma or whatever it is. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot to take on. So like, you know, think about like the song happy, like, cause I'm happy. Right. Like that song is awesome. And I love that song. Um, but how is that song going to help someone who also needs to acknowledge like all of those other feelings, um, that yes. come along, you know, I have a story I want to share. I've got two actually. Um, so one is what helped me recognize that kids really 
some kids, right? Like some kids really want to be in that positive space. Um, but how some kids, I, I wasn't necessarily connecting with them. This is early on in my music therapy practice. I was having a hard time connecting with, there was, there was a few kiddos. And when I remember once I brought in Phantom of the Opera, like the, right? Like that intensity of feeling that comes along with that song. And that kid like clicked. It was like a light bulb went on his head. It was like, oh, music can also be this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that would be okay for me. And then like, we spent weeks improving around those dark minor kind of places. And that's really what caught his interest And it. It's not because he was a dark kid, but he was, he was different from the other kids. And it was a way of him being able to like communicate that tension he felt and just thinking differently from the other children. Um, so that really helped me acknowledge like, oh, kids kind of like, they need some songs that also kind of match those darker places. Um, yeah. And then the other story I just want to share. So one of the songs um, I have coming out is all about identifying your support system, right? Which I think was one of my critical skills I had to learn as an adult in my twenties to get through my illness, right. To get through those darkest, darkest moments. I had to really tap into practicing identifying and using my support system. And I had to do it over and over and over. And it is one of the hardest things to do. And I wanted to make that not so hard for kids. So from a young age, if they can identify practicing and working on their support system, you know, my hope is that when something else happens later on in life, it's just going to be like a go-to like, okay, who are the people I go to? What do I do? Yeah. Um, and so I sang this song to, um, a certain person I know who, I, I think it's fair to say he has a lot of childhood trauma and, and things that have gone unaddressed and throughout his life. Um, you know, it's like a positivity, like I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm always in the green zone. I'm always fine kind mm. of person. And I sang the song to him and I was like, okay, so who are the people you go to? Who are your people when you need help? And he's like, I don't need help. I never need help. I can always, I'm fine. Yes. I don't ever need help. I can do this all on my own. Um, sorry, there's a truck going by, uh, but, <laughs> but it's so hot in here. I need the window open now. It's November. But anyway, so like, you know, this is a man in his sixties, right. Who went through that generation where strength was being able to stand alone, pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps, stand alone. That is strength. And I think we are in a generation where we now recognize that strength is asking for help. Strength yes. is having a community support system to make sure that we're all moving forward. Um, and, and that's kind of my hope is that by having this song in, in kids' heads at a really young age, that we are going to help move kids in a place where they recognize strength is being able to ask for help from their support system, being able to identify support system and being able to support others when they can, right? Strength is community. I'm trying to think of when was the first time I heard the phrase support system? <laughs> because it was probably maybe in college, probably after college. Yeah. Maybe even like yes. as a professional. Yeah. What if we were like three years old and we're <laughs> like, 
identifying our support system so that when we're upset, we know exactly who we're going to go to and need help. Yeah. It's like, it's not even a thought. It's just like, here are the colors. Here's my support system. Yeah. I am having, you're giving me like so many very finite examples come into my, the forefront of my mind. I have a kid. Um, and even we were listening to music on, on my iPad and, you know, the iPad would go dark and then he'd like need help unlocking it. So to go mm-hmm. to the next song. Mm-hmm. And so th- I was giving him space sometimes with the prompting of like, oh, if you need help, like just ask me for it, you know, it'd be like, oh, the iPad turned off or he would slide it to me or like whatever. Yeah. And at one point I was like, you can ask, like, it's okay to ask. And he's, I'm not good for ask- at asking for help. Oh, like, that's exactly why we need to practice because this is like a relatively safe way for you to practice. Like, mm-hmm. can you help me with, I need help, please, blah, blah, yes. blah. Um, Asking for help is by far the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Asking for help. It is still <laughs> really hard. Um, I think as music therapists, we're used to being the helpers mm-hmm. and we thrive by being the helpers. Right. That's like part. Sorry. The last resort who can always end up fixing everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's really hard to be on the other side of it. And I think for me, that was like, like if we, if I had a lesson I had to learn in this lifetime, (laughs) it was to love myself even when I had to ask for help and still, right. Like I'm a 32 year old adult that has to ask for help to go to the grocery store or to go to my doctor's appointments or sometimes to lift the laundry basket up the stairs, right? Like that is really hard. Um, and it still, it still is, but I, you know, I want to make it less hard <laughs> for, for others so that they don't have to get to that place. Um, and that they can see that, you know, being able to ask for help is a superpower. It is a strength. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm also thinking about, this is like a, a really broad topic, but um, asking for help would probably be easier if systemically asking for help didn't make people think that you were being lazy in some sort of yes. way. You know what yes. I mean? So it's like there, yes. I'm thinking like in my life, I'm not a disabled person, but like Asking for help is still something I need to practice. Yeah. Even little things like that. I usually take care of, you know, around the house in life, whatever. And like, if I'm having a really stressful week and I need to ask my partner for help, sometimes that's really hard. Cause it's like, well, I just usually take care of it. And I, you know, would do it whether he was here or not and blah, blah, blah. But like, that's a me thing. That's me yeah. saying, oh, I'm being a burden or, yes, you know, I should just be able to do it. Usually I can. Why mm-hmm. is this time harder? Like, yeah, those like are all what's really wrong with me things. that I can't know? Yeah. 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 And I think, um, yeah. So like, if you are one of those people right now, who's kind of in a dark place and you're too afraid to ask for help because you're afraid of being a burden or you're afraid of being too much, or you're afraid of being seen as lazy or weak or whatever. Like, let me be the person to tell you that true strength comes from asking for help. It is, it is really, really hard. And I, I see you and I hear that. And I urge you to just ask for help and 
by doing so, you are also showing the people around you that you love them and trust them enough to help you. Mm. And like, what an incredible way that is to build up and strengthen relationships by showing the people you love around you that you trust them to help you and to not judge you in that process. I'm also thinking of someone in my life who I am a care partner for Mm -hmm. and they, I see things that they struggle with and they Mm -hmm. don't ask for the help. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm just like, you know, you don't want to step on their toes. Yeah. You don't want to just butt in and do it for them. Um, but you're like, you know, I see, I see you struggling with this. I see that I could help you make this easier. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they, they would say like, this is what I'm experiencing, how I'm feeling. And this is what I need from you. I wish they would say that to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's such a balance there, right? Cause I, I still struggle every day with being like, is this an ask I'm willing to make, you know, how much can I extend my ask without burning out that like ask bucket. I think I like perceive I have, right? Like I'm always worried. I'm going to ask too much or ask too frequently. Um, yeah, I I, like in my head, I imagine like there's this bucket and I know that's probably not true, right? Like the love that the people have for me around me is infinite. Um, but that is something I'm always balancing in my head. It's like, is this something I'm willing to just kind of push the challenge on my own and save those asks for like when I really need them? And so, you know, I think as someone who does more caregiving, like to make really clear the ways that you're willing to help someone and that you want to help someone so that like the boundaries are set. So you just feel so that other person, right. The person who's disabled, whoever needs that help just knows like, okay, these are the places where this person's really comfortable helping me. And I don't have to even feel worried, like, like asking Mm -hmm. for that help. So then they know, cause like, there's always that balance of, yeah, I'm afraid of asking too much. Um, and then on the other side, like, yeah, sometimes I want to try doing stuff for myself or like, you know, things I, I want to, I want to try the trip to the grocery store, um, or whatever it is. Um, but knowing who I can ask for help for when mm. is made so much easier when I have a friend that has made very clear. Like if you were ever stuck in this situation, call me, I will Mm. be there. And then that ask for help becomes so much easier because that fear of rejection is removed from it. Yeah. There was this social media post that was floating around for a little while. I'm going to try to get it close as possible. But I remember seeing like multiple people reshare it who are in like very different areas of my life um and so I was like oh this is really resonating with people like who I didn't think would Mm -hmm. think anyway Mm -hmm. who I didn't think would like it um and it was about like I want to be the person you call on your way home and ask me to pick up milk at the grocery store or like the neighbor that you basically creating this community, this support system that feels like the nuclear family, but it is not your nuclear family. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how beautiful would that be? Um, And again, it was resonating with so many different people in my life. I was like, oh, like, Unfortunately, not many of them are geographically close to me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So this is, you know, hopefully where we're headed. Um, 
yeah, I don't know if you saw that or have any idea what I'm talking about. I don't remember. No, I do actually. Was it, wait, that was your post? No, it was someone else. Like, you know, some like. No, I've seen that. I've seen that post and I remember like my heart feeling like warm. Yeah. Right. Kim Best reposted it. I think she was one of them. I don't know. Kim, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Call me out. Truth or fact or fact or crap. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I think one thing I've been calling in really hard is community. Um, You know, especially like, uh, you know, right now I've got like this international community of of music therapists and children's musicians, and they're amazing. And I love, love having access to that. Um, especially I just love, you know, Stephanie from music for kiddos. So she's also, yeah, she, we deal with some very similar chronic health issues and, um, even just like texting her back and forth being like, Oh, it's, it's it's that kind of day. And having people like that in your life where they're not going to solve your problems. They're not going to fix your problems, but they can like empathize. They can just be like, yes. feel ya. you don't feel have ya. to like justify it or explain it. They just know what you mean. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I think like if we all had, like, I would, you know, that's part of your support system. They don't have to fix it. They don't have to help you, but just so you don't feel like you're standing alone in that pain and discomfort. Yeah. Um, having those all around the world is just incredible. And I, I think really can be life-saving. Yeah. Um, but calling in a local community, right? Like, I think one kind of cool thing about happened with COVID was I got to know my neighbors a bit more. And how cool is that, you know, to, you know, I've got Steve down the road who's got an apple tree and I get all his leftover apples. I can make apple cider vinegar with, and then I've got Bridget down the road who gives me herbal plants. She's like this amazing herbal witch lady. And I'm just like, I love you. You're, you're everything I've always wanted. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, it's like, like my herbal grandma over there and, you know, calling in these people in my life and what I think it ultimately shows us when we build a local community is that people are good. Hmm. And I think social media does a really good job of making us think that people are bad or stupid or lazy or whatever it is. Cause we're highlighting, highlighting like that 1% of 1% hmm. on it. Um, but I think when we get to know our local community, we realize how great people can be. Yeah. I also think social media can make us feel like all the great people who you're hopefully seeing on there too. Hopefully you've curated yes. your, um, did I say that right? Curated your social media experience to be people yes. align with yes. you. It makes, it all makes them feel far away in a way when it's not like you and I are not too far from each other. No. Um, yeah. We're really close. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. It is, it is easy to kind of still be separated if our, you know, if these relationships are kind of all just internet and social media based. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So the, one of the other things I'm working on right now, can I, can I bring us to another topic? Yeah. So I'm finally starting to illustrate one of my own songs into a kid's book. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. So my dinosaur at my door song is going to be a kid's book. And that's just a fun, that's a fun one, right? Like, you know, we're not going to solve any world problems with dinosaur at my door. Um, but what I, what I loved about that song in particular is like working with some of those kids in a more trauma and abuse setting. Like that was a song that cracked the egg of, of Mm. their shell they had put up against all adults um, for little kids, because it was really silly. 
And in, you know, the big joke in the song is like, I can't, I don't know what a dinosaur sound is. And I'm singing every other animal sound, but a dinosaur sound. And, you know, it was a way of getting kids to that surprise factor was like, we get kids to finally make eye contact with me and be like, what? Like, you don't know what sounded dinosaur, you know, like get them to chuckle and get them to kind of just start, start the very beginning of building that rapport. Hmm. Um, and so that song ended up like doing really, really well internationally. And you never know what's gonna do well. It's one of those things when you start putting out kids music out there or just music in general, you're like, what's gonna, who knows? You're right. Like you just never know. Um, so that one's going to be my first kid's book. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. <laughs> I'm just excited yeah. about the whole thing. Um, I love that. and also just the encouragement, like if you're out there as, as music therapist and you're like, yeah, like I've got these songs, I want to do that. Um, I taught myself how to draw, right. It's really expensive to hire illustrators and it, for a reason, right? It takes hundreds of hours sometimes to illustrate all of these pictures. Um, but I, I kind of wow on my bed rest throughout my, you know, my, my Lyme journey, I just kind of sat with my iPad and I just kind of learned how to draw. There's some incredible tutorials out there. Um, it was a great way of like channeling that music creativity I had, but I couldn't, I wasn't strong enough to play the guitar. I wasn't strong enough to sit up at the piano it was a way of like me cha- channeling that creativity into another media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I highly encourage anyone out there um, who's excited about that prospect of maybe making some kids art or something to go along with their kids music, like just start, just give it a shot. Yeah. I love that. Um, I have a episode I've recorded the solo episode that like you're ringing all the bells from that episode (laughs) but I'm also thinking so you've taken this song that you made that was Mm -hmm. incredibly impactful it's reached a lot of people you're adding a whole other sensory element and you're Mm -hmm. making it so much more tangible literally because it's a book but also accessible for like a teacher who isn't comfortable singing and like wants to use this song but you know maybe needs to use it in more Mm -hmm. of a circle time as opposed to you know other ways um and reaching more people that way or like kids at home like this is now something that they can use before bed or right or they can listen to it in the car like it's just adding so much more when you give people the tools to use the resource you've created they just like they fly with it yes yeah and I think you know what I've learned going through the bookmaking process with Gina is like yeah there are some steps and there's like a learning curve obviously but like it's totally doable yeah um and you know these are tools that we as music therapists like really need. I remember 10 years ago, kind of going into my library and just looking for any book I could possibly use to sing with and making up songs and making up melodies to some of these books, because having that visual tool was so helpful for engaging some of the kids. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you want to create visual tools for your songs, you know, just start like, I just encourage you to just get started because you can definitely do it. And it doesn't have to be perfect at all. You know, like when you forgive yourself of making the perfect dog or the perfect dinosaur, and you just like make something that kind of resembles it enough that a child can be like, yes, dinosaur, then that's it. You did it. You nailed it. Yeah. Also true. 
I'm thinking of um, some of the kids books that I've picked up, especially over the past couple of years and the creativity and difference in some of the art. Like some of it is very realistic. Some of it is like more Picasso-y. Some yes. of it is like very watercolor yeah. uh, and like they're all beautiful. I'm also thinking about, I will link it. I just did an, um, an episode with Isabel, Isabel Engler, and she okay. talked all about releasing, she just released a kid's book too. And she talked about her process. So oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think like, you know, over the last few years, there've been so many more resources that have come out to support music therapists. Yeah. Um, just more tools. And it's, it's a whole new world. Like I wish these resources had existed 10 years ago, you know, when right. I, when I was kind of getting into it. So like, it's pretty cool. I think we're working really, really hard right now as music therapists to help support each other and support each other's work and, um, to just, you know, create tools to help us yeah. collectively. So we're not all just like struggling in the weeds being like, I need to find a song to do this with, or, um, I need to find some pictures on Google to go along with this song. Right. That, that community aspect we're, yeah. we're bringing it to our work in that way. Yeah. You know, one thing that's really changed for me too, in the last few years is like community over competition, really, Mm. um, you know, working with some of these other kids, musicians that are also music therapists. So I'm thinking of Stephanie, I'm thinking of Gina, I'm thinking of, you know, all these other amazing music therapists that have put out children's albums. Um, it can be really easy to kind of get into this competition mindset where you're always like comparing listens or comparing statistics. And like recently we kind of, we've just started communicating with each other a lot more as a group being like, okay, how do we collectively help each other to get Mm -hmm. our music out there, to help support this process, to get our music to the people who need it. Um, and that has been such an amazing mind shift, uh, all around right? So wherever you are in your practice, really kind of thinking more community over competition, I think is going to be a way healthier shift for where, for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. That, that collaboration, because this is also like a big music therapy topic. Like in general, we're very isolated. Yeah. I don't want to say we isolate ourselves, but we kind of do right. Based Mm -hmm. on what we do and how we do it and just the nature of our work. And so, yeah, it, it can be intimidating to feel like it's competitive because you're doing similar things, but it can also be intimidating if you're not used to collaborating with people. Um, Yes. Yeah. Well, there's like different mindsets in the, in the creative world. There's like, well, I, oh, I mean really the whole world, right. There's that I struggled. So you have to, too. No, I love that one. That's my favorite, (laughs) you know? Um, and I just, don't think we all have to struggle to create something beautiful. Yeah. I, you know, or we all, we all come from different struggles. Like we all have struggles that are bringing you to it. It doesn't mean that you need to struggle by having to research on Google for 10 hours about which publishing company to, to publish your book with. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't make it any, that doesn't make it worth it. Um, no. We've all got enough struggles. Like let's yes. just help each other and get through this. Yeah, that that's part of why um, I co-created MTPC, the Music Therapy mm-hmm. Podcast Collective, so that we could all do things as a group. Yeah. Um, if anyone doesn't know what that is, you can get CMT credits for listening to the show. So 
Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) Link is in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like we were all doing this. We're all putting out all this amazing stuff. We're all interested in like getting CMT options. You know, whatever. We all had the same goal. Same thing as what you're saying. It was just how can we work together to make that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's something about music therapists. Are we just like excellent collaborators? (laughs) Maybe. I think something in our personality that like thrives off of that. Hmm. Well, I mean, musicians. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't remember what my other thought was. <laughs> I have a new song coming out. Actually, I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure when this is going to air, but my song comes out November 11th. It is not a um, song from my Resilient Child album. It is just a totally separate, fun song. It's about acorns. So something about me is I am a avid food forager that, yeah, that came from like, you know, I used to be a really avid hiker and rock climber. And then, you know, when my physical abilities changed, I had to like find a different way to enjoy being outside. And so I just kind of learned the plants that were in my immediate area and started foraging and started building these incredible relationships with plants. And so my acorn song, if you work with young children, this is like hopefully going to be a very useful fall Thanksgiving and nature song for you. If you're ever needing anything along those themes. Um, but it's super simple. I love songs that you can hear in 20 seconds and know, like pretty much know the gist of a song, right? Like I think as music therapists, like we don't have time to learn these songs all day. (laughs) Like give me 20 seconds. If I can't sing it in 20 seconds, like uh, I, I don't, I don't always have that time or that brain space for it. But it's one of those songs that like within 20 seconds of hearing the song, you'll be like, okay, I, I got this. <laughs> like I can do it. Um, and then it's also a great math skills song. So Ooh. yeah. And so it's one that if you work outdoors with kids, like you can actually physically use acorns to manipulate along with the song. But if not, like you could use your fingers. It's going to be a great finger play song. Um, but yeah, so that one is coming out November 11th. It'll be on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, and it's called Five Little Acorns. So, um, please utilize that resource, everyone. If, if you, yeah. if you need it, should I link to your website? We should link like to your Spotify? like my Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll do that. You're creating so much stuff. It's amazing. I, I love seeing, seeing it all. This is like that other side of, of being disabled, right. It's now like, because I cannot work one-on-one with clients all day long, that creativity that comes along with doing that has to be channeled somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, this is just where it's going is into creating resources and tools to help others. And I'm really, you know, on that side, I'm really grateful to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh, good. Do you have anything else you wanted to dive into before we do the rapid fire? Um, I think, I think that was enough. <laughs> we, And I'm sure we'll have many conversations in the future with many more future stories to share. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for um, always being so vulnerable and and open and sharing your experiences. And uh, I, I really appreciate that. So thank you for doing that. Great. Thanks for giving me a space to do it. Of course.
This podcast is sponsored by the Music Therapy Podcast Collective, also known as MTPC, where you can find a variety of CMTE opportunities in the form of pod courses. All of MTPC's pod courses are built on a listen, learn, apply model, where you start by listening to some assigned podcast episodes, then move into learning with the assistance of a workbook filled with resources for you to start your self-study towards whatever topics are most interesting, inspiring, and applicable to your practice. And then we finish with the apply section, which includes an office hour and a worksheet to determine how you are going to apply your learning to your personal life or professional practice. You can find all the Music Therapy Chronicles pod courses on our website, musictherapychronicles.com, and you can find the entire catalog of pod courses at MTPC's website, mtpodcastcollective.com. Make sure you also get on the MTPC newsletter for 10% off your first pod course purchase. All right, first question, coffee or tea? Tea. Early bird or night owl? Ooh, both depends on my weird hormonal cycles. <laughs> yep. I get that. Something you'd tell your younger self. Mm, oh God. Um, you don't need to do, you don't need to be number one in order to be worthy of love. Ah, I love that. Your music therapy elevator speech. Uh, we use music to work on non-musical goals. That's my simplest thing I say, I tell people. Yeah. And then you have all these resources to explain what that means. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your favorite self-care practice. Um, I really like yoga nidra right now. That's mm -hmm. like, uh, if, if anyone hasn't done this yet, check out yoga nidra. That has gotten me through quite a few panic attacks. Yeah. You have any specific yoga neither voices voices resources or just um, in general? In general, Andrew Huberman has like a 10-minute yoga nidra um video on on YouTube, but there's one I love. It's a 30-minute one. Um, I'll I'll send you the link to it and that way you can you can put that in there if I can't think of the name right off the top of my head. That's okay. Thank you. But incredible resource for resetting the brain, just yeah. helping it chill out. Yeah. We all need that a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Something that's currently adding value to your life. Oh, the plant world. It's just my best partner I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. Your favorite intervention or song to use, or it could be plug another one of yours. Oh, good. Um, you know, the, who are the people you go to song, which is not out yet. That's going to be on my new album, I think is going to be one of my absolute favorite songs that I use in the future. So stay tuned for that one. That should be coming out 2023, early 2023 ish. 
right. And there's going to be a special guest on that song. And I can't say who yet, but it's so freaking exciting. Good this. Way to drop a bomb. Ah, <laughs> We're all just like, <laughs> if you can see me right now, I'm, I'm just totally, yeah, I, I can't say yet, but it's just like, it's a, the miracles that happen in my life. It's amazing. Good things happen to good people. It's mm, so sweet. <laughs> I mean it. Thank all right. You. Last question. Where can the listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram. So at Miss Julianne music, um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website if you want to reach out. Um, but I definitely, I'm most responsive probably on Instagram. Um, I've got some YouTube resources too, that are just like attention games, musical attention games. Um, yeah. So any, any of the various resources come find me, come chat. I'm always happy to talk to I, that's really like, I've got time and space for that. So I'm really happy to help you if you need help in terms of if you're dealing with a chronic health issue and you just want to chat about it, or, um, if you need some ideas for how to use my songs in certain ways, like I'm really happy to help you that way. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Cool. I will link everything in the show notes for people to find. Cool. That's awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got a lot out of it and check out the amazing resources mentioned in the show notes, especially if you work with kids. Um, Julianne's Spotify is linked, so make sure you follow her on there so you get her latest song releases and also know when her new album comes out next year. Super excited for that. Uh, honestly, as a tool for myself as well as for for my clinical work. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. Thank you for supporting the show. If you are interested in getting CMTEs for listening to this podcast or some other amazing music therapy-based podcasts, check out mtpodcastcollective.com to see all the pod course offerings. Um, Yeah. Find us online and on social media if you haven't already. Subscribe to the show, all that good stuff. Thank you again for being here with me today. And I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and got a lot out of it. If you're looking for more Music Therapy Chronicles, you can check out our website, musictherapychronicles.com, for more episodes, blog posts, social media links, um, contact information, our self-care community, and our CMTE opportunities in the form of courses. Hop on our monthly newsletter if you haven't already and follow us on social media for just staying up to date on what's going on behind the scenes. We are Music Therapy Chronicles on all of the platforms. Please 
take a moment to leave us a rating and review. They really help the podcast be more visible so more people like you who are looking for this type of content can find it. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this week's episode, and I'll see you in the next one.